Hello, and welcome to the Race to Speak Up podcast. As always, I am your host, Devin Moore. Today's guest is Akib Sayad. Akib is an incoming freshman at the University of Maryland, College Park. In high school, Smithtown West, Akib was the vice president of engineering at Smithtown Robotics. For the past few years, Akib has worked at the Montefiore and Einstein Radiology Center, where he designed a machine learning model using MRI imaging data to predict chemotherapy response. In his free time, he enjoys running and working out with his friends. Um, so thank you for joining us today, Akib. It's so great to have you as a guest on the Race to Speak Up podcast. I was actually introduced to Akib through Newsday. So Akib and I were chosen along with 10 others as the extraordinary seniors on Long Island. So congrats to you, Akib. Um, thank you, congratulations thank you. to you too. Thank you. So how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty, I'm doing pretty good myself. Um, um, you did really good on the pronunciations of all the different words that you have to say. Um, how's your day? I've been pretty good. You know, I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling, talking mm -hmm. to a fellow change maker. It's actually kind of, um, <laughs> it's actually kind of good seeing um, another person who's, you know, working to change the world, you know, directly when it comes to race to speak up podcast, changing, being a change maker and working to make a more positive difference. So mm -hmm. it's just, and then also you're right at my age. So it's always good to see that. But mm -hmm. um, so let's kind of start off with the extraordinary senior. So as we know, you were selected. What does, what does being an extraordinary senior mean to you? Well, it is certainly a great honor to be chosen. That's kind of like the the 12 seniors that that um, music considers as changing the world in the future. Um, I know you were also chosen as one, and it kind of speaks to, it kind of validates everything that you've done over the last four years of high school, doesn't it? Because obviously you have all these other awards and you have all these other um, competitions that you won, all these papers you published or books you published, or in your case, you're writing a children's book that you might publish. That, those are also foundations, but to be recognize this on a regional level and get those like congratulations um, from your friends, peers, and, and teachers, it really does mean a lot to me. And if it means that, you know, my story gets spread around and other people get inspired um, to kind of also do what I do and kind of also um, hope to change the world, then, you know, that's, that's, um, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. I always love for, I mean, you know, with me, I love for the anti-bullying message to help anyone and everyone mm -hmm. that I can and I can already see, I mean, just reading your part of the article, and I know we're going to get more into that, but I already know you're working towards making a lot of a great of great differences. But um, so yeah, um, so going back to something else I said that, so you're going to the University of Maryland in College Park in the fall, and mm -hmm. I will attend too. Um, I'm going to be majoring in psychology, and I know you're going to major in computer science. So first of all, congrats to getting into the University mm -hmm. of Maryland. Are you excited? Yeah, um, one of the reasons I chose University of Maryland is because it's just, I just found it to be so um, such a good platform for people who are like makers like me, because they have so many maker spaces, they have so many clubs and activities and the professors and the researchers are so amazing. So I'm really looking forward to, to attending University of Maryland, you know, getting to do a lot of the stuff that I've been wanting to do throughout high school. Um, what about you? Um, what excites you the most about Maryland? Um, to be honest, I think well, it's kind of, it's definitely a bunch of different things because I know they have a really good psychology program. Um, and I know just like I, when I was there, the energy felt good. The campus was like, it really looked diverse. I 
that was one thing with me when it comes to college. I like seeing different types of people. I also know they have different types of food. They have like a lot of different clubs, different things that I can be a part of and really integrate myself in. And also they just have like a lot of, just in general, they have a lot of things. And I think I like that to kind of just figure out what I like, what I don't like. And um, so, yeah, I think it's just like a bunch of different stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, because definitely, because Maryland is like a really big school. So I think you described the best one. It's just like, Maryland has a lot, a lot, like period. Like it has a lot of people, a lot of everything, a lot of clubs, a lot of food. And I think that really, um, that really adds to the, the diversity and people like um, yourself and I, um, or yourself and me, <laughs> who really appreciate diversity um, and really do like Maryland as a school because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So share with us the beginning, from the beginning of your journey. When did the interest in computer science begin for you? Yes, yeah, so I was really, um, my interest in computer science really began when I was um, pretty young. I, I discovered a textbook actually about coding and I started like read the book and started like imply some, uh, like um, use some of the coding principles myself. And I really fell in love with um, the creative outlet that coding gives you. Uh, it really is like a virtual world of uh, limitless potential that you can have. So in the real world, you're constrained by costs, you're constrained, you're constrained by the tools you have. In the virtual world, you don't really have those constraints. You have, it's you and the laptop and your imagination, uh, which really appealed to me as an individual and as a maker. And that's really where my computer science journey began. Honestly, that is literally so true. So <laughs> I took computer science AP computer science and honestly I like the different things that I was seeing because I was seeing like I was seeing different programs I was seeing oh you type this in and then it makes this do that and honestly I like seeing different types of stuff kind of just related to that now I'm not I'm no like computer science buff or like what do they call it? like history buff but with computer science but like I'm you know what I mean <laughs> Mm -hmm. so I'm like but I, I like seeing different types of stuff like that because it's just interesting it's just like oh I want to do this so let me make this do that you're so right there's like there's nothing holding you back with that mm -hmm. but um so yeah so and then kind of just going back to something else that was mentioned so you designed the machine learning model um using MRI imaging to predict chemotherapy responses which mm -hmm. is impressive like wow <laughs> but um so why don't you walk us through it? Like what motivated you to research breast cancer specifically? Yes, yeah, so I've been part of the Montefiore Einstein Radiology Center researching breast cancer for quite a while now. But the whole reason I even got into breast cancer is because unfortunately my, my first research mentor actually passed away from um, breast cancer, it was invasive. Um, and that really upset me. I, I wasn't able to finish my first research project because of it. And more importantly, I lost a, a very dear mentor who was very close to my life because of it. And because of that, I really wanted to explore breast cancer more and see what I could do as, um, you know, as a self-described maker <laughs> and computer scientist and see what I could do to help prevent those deaths for everybody else. So I joined Montefiore Einstein Radiology Center. And one of the things they had is they, uh, they discovered a open data set for breast cancer. It was, it's called the ICE by two data set. It's a new initiative um, of, um, it's a new clinical testing um, initiative where they um, have breast cancer patients and they try different drugs and therapies to see what works best. So in that data set, we had MRI images. And my thought process was if we could use artificial intelligence to analyze these MRI images, 
and kind of output the best treatments and the best dosages and how often to administer these treatments, we could help prevent some of these unnecessary deaths that were happening. And so that's exactly what I did. Um, I used an artificial intelligence model. Um, I analyzed these MRI images and at the end, the artificial intelligence model predicts what happens to the patient at the end of the chemotherapy cycle, like whether they whether they um, get rid of the tumor, whether the tumor gets worse, or whether you know they survive or die. And using this, uh, oncologists or doctors can um, administer better treatment and hopefully save more lives. I, well, first, I want to say I'm sorry for the loss of your mentor. It's okay, yeah. And the second thing I want to say is that truly is impressive. Like, honestly, give yourself a pat on the back because <laughs> just for you to even think to do that and help other lives when it comes to that is so I think it's very inspiring because I know I have um friends who are into computer science and they also they also want to invent stuff so I think it's really good seeing another youth or another peer you know someone my age or someone our age and and they're just working towards making such a big change Mm -hmm. working towards and are actually doing making making moves making big changes so I think that's really cool have you made any other, what other designs have you made? Or like, what other things have you made? Because I know you have a lot going on. <laughs> I, I do have a lot going on. Um, one of the things I'm most proud of is um, over like two, one or two summers ago, um, a couple of my peers and I um, came up with this device, like this invention idea. What we saw is that uh, in our school, students with autism spectrum disorder uh, were having trouble understanding personal space. They had a different perspective on personal space was um, and they would get too close or stay too far away from other people. And during the height of the uh, pandemic, this is a big issue because if they're too close to another person, they run the risk of contracting COVID-19, and which could possibly be fatal for them or spread it to their families, which could also be fatal. Um, so a couple of friends and I came up with this invention where it's this device that you can clip onto your coat or your belt or anywhere on your body. And it would essentially um, give you haptic feedback in the form of vibrations or any other type of feedback in the form of light uh, or sound, and it would essentially alert you if you're too close to another human being, right? and specifically a human being. Like it, it wouldn't work on objects. It, it specifically only targets human beings by detecting the heat signature. Um, and the way we did that is again, if it's in the real world, you have these um, these constraints, right? You have cost, you have time, and you have these all all these other constraints. Like you don't want to you don't want the device to be too big because then there's a social stigma attached with wearing the device. So since this is the real world, we uh, we applied for this $10,000 grant from the Lemelson MIT Foundation. And we actually ended up being like one of 13 teams in the whole nation to win that grant. And we ended up using that money over now over a period of, a, of one year to develop the device, test it out, um, prototype it, wire it, uh, design it, all that. And then we ended up presenting it to the whole community at the end of the one year. And it was really well received in that just like seeing those people be so happy that we created a device for the community. And it's like seeing all these, because there are also kids in the audience, seeing all these kids being excited uh, about seeing someone who's just like, you know, five years older than them inventing this stuff. Really, um, it's a really proud moment for me. Um, so yeah, I, I would consider that one of my uh, one of my most favorite moments. Yeah, and I can see why. <laughs> I think that a lot more people need to, when it comes to certain things like that, like when it comes to people on the autism spectrum, I think we need to um, recognize that more. And you're, you're mm-hmm. obviously doing just that by creating this invention that's telling mm-hmm. them, you know, like what's what and how far you are from other people. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I know the pandemic just, it presented us with a lot new problems. problems. So for you to like, 
take that problem, take one of those problems or multiple of those problems and like really work towards having the solution towards it is a great way to help so many others. And like you said, you know, it's like inspiring others, seeing others in the community or having others in the community see people like you who are creating these amazing inventions and really integrating it into the community. I know I want that in my community too. That should be everywhere. That really should be everywhere. So, but yeah, I really like that. And now also I learned from Newsday, from the Newsday article that your family immigrated from, correct me if I'm wrong, Hyderabad, India. So tell us about that. Like, do you, oh, actually, can you, can you tell us like, yeah, tell us about that. Like, (laughs) tell us about that. My family did uh, travel a lot, and it was a, as a result of my and my dad's work. Uh, whenever my dad's work needed them to relocate, we would all relocate with them. And that's kind of like uh, that's both that's both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because you get to learn so much about other people's cultures, right? I lived I lived for a long time in Germany um, before I moved here, uh, and that really teaches you about German culture. Um, you get exposed to different languages, um, and you get the respect. Um, other cultures and also like integrate that into your own mindset right um and and essentially yeah but the bad thing is you get to lose all these friendships that you've formed because of time zones and and just the distance right so you kind of get used to having friends for three years and then having to move and say goodbye to them which is uh, kind of unfortunate but also teaches you skills like you know making new friends fast and you know forming those connections and networking skills and other social skills um, while you still um, kind of maintain the same traditions and cultural um, norms that you saw in other countries. Um, so yeah, it's both a good thing and a bad thing. I'm really, I'm really grateful that we got to experience in all these different cultures, even though it was a little hard for me at that time, uh, because if you're eight and you have to say goodbye to the, the 20 friends that you made and now have to start again in a completely different country where you're the new kid again, then you know, that, that's kind of stressful on the eight-year-old. But once you grow up and you kind of like learn to appreciate the fact that you did get to move a lot, um, even though it wasn't like travel or vacationing um then yeah you get to really appreciate what you've done that's really interesting what's something that you learned from that like what's a life lesson that you've learned from that um I've certainly uh kept a lot of the social skills I I tend to make friends quickly now and I tend to be able to um not be afraid of the fact that I'm the new kid on the block and not be afraid of the fact that I don't really have you know, a, a deep connection with, uh, with some people as other people do, like other people have known their friends since they were like practically born, whereas I've only gotten to know them over the last like, you know, two or three years. Um, so I've kind of uh, been able to kind of uh, shove that fact aside and still pursue these new connections and still form deep connections with my friends. Um, on, a, on a less serious note, I've also kept some of the other like traditional or cultural norms, like I still hold my fork in my left hand like the Germans do, even though there's no reason for me to do it because that's just like something I decided to keep. And the fact that I get to do that is pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's very cool. So I see you're very, you're very motivated to help others in a big way. I know you're going to continue to do that. Like, what are your, so what are your career goals? I certainly, um, there's a couple of different career paths. I'm trying to um, see which one uh, I should pursue. Uh, But I think my main one is to eventually go on and do graduate school in computer science. So I really want to I get a PhD and then ultimately work um, or even start my own company dedicated to researching these new technologies just like I'm doing right now. Um, so I know companies like Google DeepMind and OpenAI are, are having um, research scientists, which are PhDs in computer science, that research artificial intelligence model to, models to solve certain problems. 
And that's kind of what I do now, but they do it in a much grander scale and they have a lot more resources and a lot more data. So I eventually want to join their ranks and um, kind of get to work at these companies or even start my own dedicated to solving these problems. Wow. Yeah, I and I can honestly relate to wanting to start my own. Well, I mean, I have race to speak of. That is what I started. Mm -hmm. So really just like furthering that and continuing on with the anti-bullying message. I know I told you earlier that I want to major in psychology. And mm -hmm. so like really just the reason why is because I've always... So over the four years of me, um, well, okay, so I started Race to Speak Up when I was 14. So over mm -hmm. that time, even till now, I've met with so many different types of people who have had their own experiences with anti-bullying, or they have um, others in their family, or other people that they've just known in general who have their experiences. And I know that there's always this, like, this negative mental health impact when it comes to that. And I mm -hmm. always want to dive deep into that. But I think I need to get more of a understanding, like a school type of understanding and education um, mm -hmm. so that I can even better and further my work and better help others, whether it be through coping, figuring out coping mechanisms or things like that. I've worked with psychiatrists and um, other mental health workers to really figure that out and just kind of figure out how we can better um, make a more positive impact in the community. Mm -hmm. And so... It's good to see. It's really, I always love seeing people my age who are really trying to make that positive impact. Like when I saw, when I saw you in Newsday, I'm like, well, first I was like, I really want him on my podcast. And then second of all, I'm like, wow, like with the pre breast cancer research and creating all these different things and continuing with your work and getting a PhD. And, you know, and the fact that you're going to the same college as me, I think that's like a bonus. Like that's a whole bonus. Because then I get to see you whenever we can see each other. I get to see you on your journey. Excuse me. See you on your journey more and more. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's really interesting. And I think that's pretty fun to do. Yeah. The impact of a secondary uh, education or like a uh, post-high school education is really like, it's really underrated. Um, most of, uh, you, you see a lot of people saying that, oh, you don't need college to be successful. But I think especially like if you have goals like you and I do, where you want to start your own company uh, and continue on that path it really helps to have that deep knowledge of a specific subject like you know, for you psychology and for me computer science to really have that foundation where you can start building on what you really want to accomplish which is you know impacting the world and I think that's really nice and again it's, it's such a good bonus that we go to the same college because then we can you know motivate each other and even see each other on on you know different paths but on with the same goal of impacting our community and I know that UMB has a lot of different people like that I, I met a lot of people on the on the patio which is the college group chat uh, there's a lot of cool people who who have such you know big dreams and you know, I can't wait to be friends with all of them and and kind of like um, help each other on our own journeys. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I completely agree mm -hmm. with you. So what's been well I, I have two questions. I want to ask you what's been the most rewarding and the most challenging part of your journey? So the most rewarding really has to be um, you know that feeling that you get when you finish an essay and you have to close all those tabs just like the feeling of relief that you finish a project. I think the, the most rewarding experiences is when those projects get finished. Um, and when you finally get to see like other people benefiting from your projects and you get to finally present and you see all these people getting inspired, all these people congratulating you. It makes the effort of building that project there and like all those long nights that you spend coding or wiring or soldering or designing, it makes, a, it, makes it all worth it. And the hardest part really has to be when the pandemic hit because that really limits your ability to work with each other one-on-one -on -one in person, especially for that one year where we had the MIT grant. 
Uh, we could not work in person because obviously there were social distancing rules. So we had to work online and to be able to develop something that's in real life, it's a product in real life, but you have to do it all virtually, it's a, it's a little hard. So um, that really made it hard. We had to do, especially like I can't drive. At, at that time, I couldn't drive. Um, and I, I live in a suburban area. So you can see how that becomes a little hard. You can't just walk to your friend's house. You have to start asking your parents to drive you. Uh, you have to start you know, like hosting Zoom meetings to do stuff together. You have to make sure that you have duplicates of each material. And oh my God, it was such a headache. But the fact that we that we still got it done was a huge relief. And and yeah, that, that has to be like the worst moment. All right. Well, Akib, thank you for joining us. Well, my last question for you is how can people find you? So tell us your social media platforms or any other way that people can reach out to you. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at um, at the actual Akib. Um, uh, you can just have that on the screen in case you learn how to spell my name. Uh, um, but yeah, um, and also I'm on the UMD patio. If you go to Maryland, please reach out. I'm, I'm pretty active on the UMD patio. And yeah, I think Instagram's the best way of reaching me. Um, and yeah, we can, if anyone wants to talk, then I'm down to talk. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Akeem. You are definitely a huge inspiration to all. So thank you for um, sharing how you race to speak up in your community. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone who is listening. I hope to see you all at future Race to Speak Up podcast. And if you have any questions about the Race to Speak Up podcast, feel free to contact me at race to speak up at gmail.com. Make sure to follow at race to speak up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for updates on future podcasts. Make sure to head over to my website, www.racetospeakup.com. And also join the Humanity Rising movement. Humanity Rising offers scholarships for students making a difference in the world through service. So visit www.humanityrising.org for more information. And remember to ask yourself this very one question, how do you race to speak up?